prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Well, you can't talk about prayer. You, you don't do a couple prayer jokes along the way. So the pastor heard two little boys fighting in the hallway. They weren't to fisticuffs yet, but it was getting pretty heated. So he went out in the hallway and said, boys, what's wrong? Come into my office. The boys came in. He said, what are you fighting about? They said, we're fighting about what God's name is. He says, oh, Jehovah, Emmanuel, Jesus. No, the boy says, his name is Art. What, the pastor says? You know, our father, Art, in heaven. The other boy says, his name is not Art, it's Howard. The pastor is now totally confused. He says, what? He says, yes, our father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. Now there's a uh, family circle cartoon. I always like those on the Sunday papers. And the little girl is sitting on her bed with her hands praying. And the little boy is watching her. And this is the caption. Our father's not in heaven. He's downstairs watching TV. So the story's told that Colonel Sanders went to visit the Pope. And uh, he had a private audience with the Pope. And the Pope said, uh, what can I do for you? He says, well, I need you to change the line in the Lord's Prayer to give us this day our daily chicken. The Pope says, I can't do that. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Colonel Sanders says, I'll give you $10 million. Pope says, nope. He says, 20. Nope, 100. Nope, $200 million. Nope, $500 million. He says, I'll give you $500 million if you will change the line to give us this day our daily chicken. The Pope began to think about the debts that the church had and fixing the Vatican up, and he said, fine, we will change it to give us this day our daily chicken. Colonel Sanders went home thrilled, and the Pope went into the meeting of the Cardinals, and he said, I got good news, and I got bad news. What's the good news, they said. He said, uh, we got $500 million for the church. They said, well, what's the bad news? He says, well, we lost the Wonder Bread account. So there are three points to today's sermon, and these are they. They all begin with the letter G, so if you're taking notes, they're easy for you to write down. Jesus prayed that we would be guarded. He prayed that we would be guided, and he prayed that we would be gifted. Now, there was a lot of twisting and turning, and I have to tell you that I'm not going to give you a Greek lesson, but it is equally as confusing in the Greek as it is in the English. We'll leave it there. So we're going to simmer it down for you. And this is the first thing I want you to think about. This is the passage where we get the be in the world and not of the world idea. I'm sure you've heard it preached upon many times in your, your life in the church. But I, I want you to have this image that Jesus builds for us a boat. And the boat rests on top of the water. That's what boats are supposed to do. Now, if it's a canoe and you wobble, then it doesn't rest on top of the water. You know, I live on the lake, and I, I have not tipped canoes on my own. But there was somebody that I was canoeing with, perhaps with red hair and pretty brown eyes and freckles, 
who had not been in a canoe, and she dumped me into the lake. I was not a happy man. So this is not a canoe. This is a very sturdy boat. Jesus builds us this boat, and he sets it on the water. And the boat has a purpose and a destination. The purpose is to get as many people in the boat as you can, and the destination is eternity. Jesus builds the boat for us, and that's, I want you to get that image, that's how we are in the world and not of it, because the boat is in the water, but it's not wet. Now, where do we get this from? Jesus says that we would be kept in his name and that God would protect us in verses 11 and 15. So we, as the church, are called to be in this metaphorical boat together, surrounded by the world, but we're not getting wet. I want you to hold that thought in your mind. If you're in the boat and dry, you're doing the right thing. And if you're getting wet, you've taken a misstep. So what does that look like? Now the boat needs to have a place to go. And we're, we're going to go to eternity. And I'm going to steal an idea from Max Licato. Max Licato was speaking to a group of pastors at a Promise Keepers event. And the, the person who wrote this anecdote said, could there be any more hot air in one room than 4,500 pastors in Max Licato? We're going to leave that where it is. But Max Licato also went with this idea of the boat, which I found interesting as I was preparing the sermon that so many people use this passage and described it as a boat. So Max says this, the church is a boat, a vessel with one purpose, to carry us safely to the other shore. There's no cruise ship, it's a battleship. And we're not called to leisure, but to service, and each of us has a different task. Some are concerned with those who are in danger of drowning, and some are concerned with the care and feeding of the crew. Though different, we're all the same, for each of us can tell of a personal encounter with the captain, who bid us come aboard and follow him. We crossed the gangplank of his grace and found ourselves on board. Here we are with one boat, one captain, and one destination, and our battle is fierce, but the boat is safe, for our captain is strong, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the grand vessel. Of that there is no concern. This boat will not sink. Now, some of you think that once you're on the boat, you never get off. Others say that you would be foolish to go overboard, but the choice is yours. Some people believe that you are recruited and subsequently volunteered to go on the boat. And some people believe that you were destined for service even before you got on the boat. I hope you can hear this. Max Licato is poking holes at all of us. Some think that, oh, there are some who address the captain in a private personal language and other speak to him in a language that some think is gibberish. There are some who think the officer should wear special robes and some who think we should all dress the same. There's some people who spend all their time on the top of the ship enjoying the wind in their hair and the sun on their face. And there's some who spend all their time down in the basement fiddling with the engine, making sure it's going well. Some people spend all their time with the maps, making sure that we're headed in the right direction. If the ship is working well and we are all doing our part, then the, the crew will actually grow in size. And we're guided by the scripture. Now Jesus says that he has given up his word, and I'm 
I'm going to quote from the Psalms. These are verses I learned when I was a little child. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Anybody? That I might not sin against God. Or thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God shows us in what direction to go. Now, I'm sorry to say that the church today has lost sight of the word of God. We are not as grounded in the word of God as we were when I was a kid or when my parents were kids. And I think we need to get back to that, which is why for our adult Sunday school class, we're taking the time to study not just the word of God, but how to study the word of God. So now we're, we're guarded, we're on the boat, we're guided, the word of God and the spirit is pulling us in a direction. And yet, as I was preparing the sermon, I, I had this image. Well, we'll get there in a second. The third thing we talked about was being gifted. And I want you to know that we've been gifted with the word of God. We're not going to beat that horse. We're Baptists. We know we bring our Bible to church and the word is there. We're gifted with the spirit of God. But we're also gifted with the influence of God. I want you to hear this. Jesus told us that we are the light of the world. And he said, you don't hide your light under a bushel, but you put it in a lampstand. He also said, we are the salt. Now, I don't know about you, but I love on chopped. Don't you wish you could taste the food that they cook on chopped sometimes? How they come up with those amazing things in 30 minutes. I am fascinated with chopped, which I didn't watch until I married Vicki, but now we watch Chopped quite regularly. And you'll see this wonderful plate of food, and they deliver it. And it's usually Alex Garnaschelli goes, I really like the direction you were taking, but there's not enough salt. And you can just see the chef become delated, deflated. Why? Because we all know that salt adds to the flavor. It adds to the experience. And if there's not enough salt, or in some cases, too much salt, can, can ruin the meal. My best friend and my wife think that French fries at McDonald's don't have enough salt. I pray for them regularly. And they will actually, I'm like, are you crazy? Anyway, maybe the person with the heart condition should stay away from the salt. So we are called to influence, change, impact, and save a broken world. Back to the image of the boat. Some of us are steering the boat. Some of us are propelling the boat. And some of us are called to pull more people on the boat. And ladies and gentlemen, this is our boat. Now some people think that the church is, and I want you to hear this, a bunch of individual rowboats. And we're all rowing as fast as we can by ourselves. Well, there's not enough room in your rowboat to save the people that God wants saved. We need to reinvest in the image of a ship. And I have bad news for you. Sometimes I think our boat is sinking. Now, you might say, well, how could the boat be sinking? Well, there's only two ways for the boat to sink. One is for us to tip it over. And we've already established that Jesus built us a solid boat that won't tip over. Friends, I think the church is poking holes in the bottom of the boat. I want you to think about that. There are people, sometimes us, in the boat, in the bottom, poking holes. And what happens is the water comes in. And remember, the water was the metaphor for the world. 
we are letting the world influence our boat rather than letting our boat influence the world. But there's another gift. We have the gift of the word and the gift of the spirit and the gift of our influence on the world. We have the gift of joy. We have the gift of healing and the promise of a helper. So we can shore up the holes in the bottom of the boat. Now, what do those holes look like? Sometimes, I'll tell you a true story. I had a ladies Bible study at one church and they talked about anybody that wasn't in the room. It was hilarious. And, and I, I ate lunch with the ladies, and it was fun to watch because I'd look around and see who wasn't there, and I knew that that would be the topic of discussion at lunch. And then I realized, what if I'm not here? Those ladies are talking about me. So, and you know me, I'm a fairly brazen fellow. I got up to leave one day, and I waved, and I said, Feel free to talk about me behind my back. And the entire room went. <laughs> and I left. And after about three weeks, one of the ladies came up and she said, you know, you have broken us of that habit. We don't talk about our brothers and sisters behind our back anymore. I'm like, yay. Maybe my sense of humor is here for a reason. Right. We, we talk sometimes. And I want you to hear this. We don't support the church enough with our finances this is not a tithing sermon but it costs money for the boat to go places and if we don't have enough money the boat can't go silly things like do you like the lights on do you like it hot in the winter and cold in the summer do you like the pastor to get paid on a patient that's a nice thing we have musicians we have people who clean the church we have people who cut the grass shovel the snow all so that we can come together and get in the boat together and go someplace. Sometimes we come to church to be entertained. I have a quote about this. It was very poignant for me. And this pastor says this. Charles E. Jefferson described the difference between an audience and a church. He said an audience is a crowd and a church is a family. An audience is a gathering, a church is a fellowship. An audience is a collection, a church is an organism. An audience is a heap of stones, a church is a temple. And he concludes, preachers are ordained not to attract an audience, but to build a church. I hope that everyone in the room understands the critical difference. If a business, nonprofit organization, or political party is torn with dissension, it's a shame. But when the church of Jesus Christ is in turmoil, it's a tragedy. Jesus depends on, our, on us and our unity. Friends, we have to stop poking holes in the bottom of the boat. So there's four things I want to finish with, and these are they. Get on the boat. There's room for everybody. Get on the boat. If you've never made a decision for Christ... Today would be a great day, and we have lots of people here who would love to grab your hand out of the water and pull you on the boat. In fact, that's the second point. If you're already on the boat, what should you be doing? Pulling people on the boat. Get that image in your mind. We have a destination. We have a purpose, and the purpose is to pull people on the boat. Now, this is a difficult one. Focus on the destination and not the differences. 
It doesn't matter if you serve wine or grape juice at communion. It doesn't matter if you have matzah or Wonder Bread or those little wafers. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you pray standing up or sitting down with your hands folded or your arms in the air. It doesn't matter if I wear a suit or a collar or a robe. It doesn't matter if we all come in Hawaiian shirts and shorts or if we all come in our Sunday best. It doesn't matter. What matters is the destination. And if I'm not here next Sunday, that means I was fired because of this last point. I'm going to say it in my sternest teacher's voice. I may even wag my finger at you and at me. My mom always said, if you're pointing at somebody, you got three pointing back at yourself. Stop poking holes in the bottom of the boat. Amen.